With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, Wilderness? You are listening to episode number one. Number one of the brand new Hockey Wilderness podcast. I know uh, we've been missing in action over the last uh, half year or so, but man, it feels good to be back. It really does. Uh, the reason we've been MIA, well, there's new management here at Hockey Wilderness. So if you don't recognize my voice, you will soon. My name is Ryan Quigley, and I'm the new managing editor of Hockey Wilderness. Also joining the Wilderness leadership team is the one, the only, Logan Stark. Um, she unfortunately cannot be on the pod today, but Logan, if you're listening, we miss you. We love you. Please stop being sick with me. However, is possibly one of the most badass human beings I think I've ever met in my life hailing from Moundsview, Minnesota. You may have heard her on uh, score North former all American goaltender at Ohio state and uh, St. Ans- Anselm. That's pretty damn close. St. Anselm. Lindsey Brown, 35. Lindsey, thanks so much for doing this, joining the pod. What's up? Not a whole lot. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, really break down the wild season that is off to such a stellar start off the bat. Oh, here. fantastic. I don't so, think it can get so much, much better. So much fun. I really don't think they could be off to much more of a roaring uh, start than they are right now. No team is more exciting no, to watch No, absolutely right now. not. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the Senators. Ooh, yeah. They're I mean, obviously extremely I don't. Exciting. I don't want to compare juggernauts, yeah. but, I mean, we could go down that road. If, exactly. But this is your podcast. This is the wilderness, and we have to fill it with whatever we need to, with all of the content. That's right. That's right. All right. So I guess we could get right down to business and just kind of get to last night's uh, – uh, Jesus. I don't even know if I want to call it a Jesus. A game. I'll say this, though. It was better, it was better than game one. Game one – for the Wilds against uh, their season opener against mm-hmm. the Nashville Predators was uh, not so good. It wasn't. Not so good. It was not. I think, uh, you know, they, they had that one little stretch where they scored like twice and I think like 33 seconds and uh, that was exciting. Wasn't and that it, fun though? It, it was fun for about 33 seconds. Yeah, yeah, it's like a shot. Yeah. But like an alcohol shot. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. No, that that was awesome. And then they just kind of shat the bed for the rest of the game. So, I mean. I, what was the final score of that one? I, oh, God. I want to say, I don't even remember. I, I just wiped it from my memory completely. Was it 5-2, 4-2? Two, two? There's an empty netter five, in there. 5-2, I want to say. I do yeah, say it's, it's not off to a great start. And there's a lot of people, weirdly, that are picking Nashville to be one of the contenders in the Western Conference, and I could not disagree more. I don't, I don't know but, what to think about Nashville this year. No, it, d- I just feel like Nashville's like. I mean, they lost Subban, they, but but at the same time, they just find good young defensemen. Yeah, like they do. It's, like it's nickels on the side they of the do. road. And Roman Yossi obviously still plays there. They still have a ton of talent Ryan on Ellis, the back end. Yeah. And Pecorine obviously is only, what, two years removed from his Vesna campaign? Yeah. He's and, still god But he's tier. old. He's getting yeah. up there. He's, he's 35, up there. He's 36. So, he's very, very you know, old, and yeah. he's, played a, he's played a lot of games. But I just... I don't see how they could compete with the rest of the offenses that are that are present in the Western Conference, or at least 
preseason our reads on those teams now if that actually transpires like everybody's like oh the sharks are gonna be good clearly things are not going as well for the sharks so far this season but yeah early in the season limited sample size can't read too much into it but there's one thing that we wild fans like to do is read into every (laughs) Every single single performance (laughs) in depth and basically have a dissertation on every single loss and how overall where it just adds to the disenchantment around the franchise. And I'm going to be totally honest with your listeners right now. Yes. I've watched like literally two minutes of the wild and I've maybe read two articles and I have, I have not paid less attention to this team. This like I have this season in a very long time, and I don't feel bad because they're not fun. No, that like why would you want to watch them? What is there to look forward to? Yes. Honestly, I was so I came in, I, I took this gig doing you know managing editor hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was expecting like man, this is the state of hockey. Like yeah. this is going to be so much fun. Yeah, I cannot wait. And so then, much fun. And then their first two games, they just fucking suck. And I I, I just I don't understand. How there could be so such little, little passion, such little, and now, okay, hold on, I, I shouldn't say there's little passion. They work hard. They do work. They hard. do, and, and especially I, I felt that uh, last night. And if you're listening to this later, this is recorded on a Sunday, so uh, their Saturday night game against the Avalanche was last night for us. Um, they, I do think that they did work hard yeah. against the Avs, but which is the, great. The problem is. Their slow starts are killing them. And I feel like this is a common trend with this team. Slow starts and obviously the uh, um, inability. Well, this isn't quite related to either of the first two games, but then the inability to uh, win in overtime, obviously, is something oh, I'm, that, I'm catching on to quite fast. That will be explored at length, yes. and I'm sure there will be plenty of people that are, are, are reaching for that type of content to explain the complete ineptitude that is extra hockey time for, for the Minnesota Wild and success. You would think that they would be pretty good at on, on, But uh, why? At what three. makes you think they would be pretty good, though? You, like you from got a, a couple dynamic players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You they, got a couple dynamic players. You got Matt Dumba. Okay. Okay. You got... Yep, this is from an outsider point of view, yeah, yeah, from yeah. an insider, and you're paying more attention exactly. to like, this. Been, perfect. You've been, uh-huh. you've, been, you've been covering or watching this team for years. Since they started. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, it, for Hate me... Hate watching, but watching nonetheless. Yeah. I've been, I've been watching them for a while, but yeah. not in depth like nope. I am now. Nope. So you got Jason Zucker, you got Matt Dumba, mm-hmm. you got Jared Spurgeon. Yep. Good, like legitimately very good players. Yep, but two out of those three players are what? Defensemen. Oh! And that, that is the issue that we are dealing with right now. Like, I, I think it was Michael Russo last night after the game. He's, or, uh, maybe it was during the game. Yeah, who's Michael Russo? Never, never heard of never him. Never heard of that guy Never before. heard of him. Um, Michael Russo of The Athletic tweeted last night, like, guys, trust me, at some point this year, the Wild are going to score a goal, and it's going to be from a forward. And not, of, and and there have been goals scored by Fords like yeah, he had a goal, but it went it, it not off of their actual stick. It was yeah. more because they were in front and it went off it of just, them. It just coincidentally, hit in the ass and then it goes, literally. Well, it actually, was that's spy, how goals but, are generated on the front yeah. on the offensive side for your Minnesota Wild is literally garbage butt tips. Yes. that's what happens. You just have to stick your ass out and yeah. I hopefully mean, it bounces right off. Back you know? that thing up. Back the- <laughs> back it up. That's right. That's what you got to do. Like Zach Parise, I think. Parise. I, I know. It, I is it Parise or Parise? It's both, but it's. I mean, I can't do it with these. It's the same like. thing with Zucker, but it's the way that it's pronounced is like Hooker with a Z. That's that. That's directly from that's from fantastic. from Carly Zucker's mouth, his wife, who everyone knows. In the oh, Twin did Cities. she say that? Yeah. No. Oh, that's that's awesome. literally. Well, yeah. Yeah. No. Yep, what a gem. Awesome. Yep. She is a gem. Um. I just so Parise. If we're gonna say that instead. 
I just feel like, I don't know, I, I feel like a lot of people are kind of writing him off a little bit because of his age. And he is, he's a bit older. He's not going to be off of his contract until he's like 60. Well, so. at least until the tricentennial. Exactly. Yeah. So, but, but I, I like what I've been seeing, for, especially against the Avs. I thought he played pretty Zach's well. game specifically? I, I thought he was pretty good. Against- and you're going to see that every – and that's the thing with Zach is that he is so good at doing those little things and getting in the right positions, but he's not a pure goal scorer. Most of his goals come within five feet of the crease. Yeah. And he re- makes his money coming in and out of corners and being scrappy. But if that's your guy who's your goal scorer, clearly there's some sort of roster construction that has gone wrong or at least – it's clearly in transition, and by transition, it's like a three, four, five-year transition with this team, it seems like, just because it's so hard for them to get out from under those contracts. And obviously, Parisi has a twin contract, a matching contract with none other than Ryan Suter, who's also a defenseman on the team, who has yeah. offensive capabilities. He does, he does. But has cl- has you can tell he's getting older. Yeah, it, that's a common denominator with this mm-hmm. team. They're the oldest team in the NHL. By a lot. And, like, I, I just wonder, like... <sighs> You know, I do, I wanted to get to this later, but yeah. let's just get to it right now. We're having a fan conversation. Yes. Everything, let the freaks, flags, fucking fly. <laughs> so, the Wild. Mm. They've made the playoffs quite frequently mm-hmm. over the last decade. Yep. Six straight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the last time they didn't make the playoffs in consecutive seasons was uh, the 2010-11 year. Sounds about right. Um it was right before the Parisian suitor contracts were signed, which were signed in 2012, yeah. 2011, 2012, yeah, yeah, yeah. 4th of July, one of those years. I spent it in my car. It was definitely not a great social decision for me. You know what? That sounds like paradise for me, considering just Yeah, but at like social... 22, at like tw- or at like 20 years old at 4th of July party on Lake Minnetonka, and yeah. I'm like, let's hang out in my minivan and listen to the press conference, shall we? Maybe <laughs> we could have made a better social decision, yeah. but that is life. Is it time... For the, and I know we're two games in. We're probably overreacting. <laughs> we're probably overreacting. Yeah. But you know what? But it's not two. It's two games into this season, yeah. but it's how many seasons into this experiment. Yes. And this question was thrown around a lot this summer, especially when Bill Guerin took over and mm-hmm. when they fired Paul Fenton. Um, what a fucking nightmare, though. I, I oh, trust it. me. Like, this is the first time we've done a podcast since About, the, Paul, yeah. the Paul Fenton experience. And... Uh, Oh, My goodness. God, it! Uh, I can't believe that that actually... There are ramifications to that hire that will endure throughout this franchise this year and years going forward. Oh, yeah. But that's that's the problem. I feel a lot of people are asking the question, is it time to tank? Is it time to actually go do full it. rebuild? Actually yeah. do is it, it time to finally kind of start from scratch and just rebuild this, this entire thing? And now, again, two games in, do you think... Because right now, it would be different if they were losing games in their close games, like in even where, in overtime. Where I know they're it's actually an competitive, thing. where they're yeah. legitimately competitive and not just on in the box score. Yeah, where the game actually seems like they have a chance to win, which I don't think. No. I don't know. They have. I, seen... I feel like they were fairly beaten in both of their first mm-hmm. two games. Like, is it time for them to just blow it up? And is this what we can expect for the whole season? Because if it is, oh baby. It's gonna suck. You love Ho Baby, and I, I, I love the Ho Baby thing. That's I, I like that. And honestly, I think that's kind of what's gonna happen. And as you're we talking about before we started recording this, is and where it's weird because this is you're you're the lead, obviously for for Hockey Wilderness, and I'm from Minnesota, but we're both in Vegas, and yeah. we're both here. And how <laughs> yeah, weird, how weird, weird the worlds weird all thing. kind of work, but. Th- 
this this play, this team, what's expected, this didn't come out of nowhere. Like the fact that they got Bill Guerin is great. I, I love that. I, hire. I, I, it's a great hire, and they're very fortunate that when they decide to fire Paul, which I think was the right decision, you own up <laughs> to your mi- you own up to your mistakes. It, they they put the wheels in motion to start to fix it, but this is not a band aid job. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is a systematic change that's going to take time, and that's good because the longer you spend on building a good foundation, the more dividends it's going to pay for you going forward as an organization. But the growing pains in between are just going to be so rough, and you can't have a team where all of your offense is generated on the defensive Defenseman. side. All your shots, like so many shots are coming from low danger areas at the point, right. and then you're just kind of relying on the forwards to either, well, either you're relying on the defenseman to get it through traffic and the right. goalie can't see it, or you need like a redirection or something like that. Yeah. And it's just, it's... Uh... Your top line was minus three to start out the season. Your top line including a first a former first overall pick Eric Stahl which randomly this is one of the Fenton things that's going to reverberate through this franchise is is that stupid stupid ass extension he signed Eric Stahl to basically make him feel better about not so he wouldn't be traded and that he he basically just everything's fine security blanket it's bullshit and it's a it's a coddling move and it's putting this team in position to not only not be able to go out and get somebody else, but that means you're putting Eric Stahl in that position as a player in this point in his career. Is he a top line center? Absolutely. Is he one right now? No, I don't think so. Not at all. He he's won a cup. He's been a, he was a captain in Carolina. He's one of the best players to come out of out of Ontario. One in that in that family in general. But he's not a spring chicken. This team isn't a spring chicken. If you're dedicating first-line minutes where you need production and that's what you're getting. I think he played like 11 minutes last night for the first-line center. Yeah. It's pretty clear that, I mean, to me it seems pretty clear that Bruce Boudreau isn't stoked with how he's been playing. No, and the thing about Boudreaux is too is that sometimes he he has a tendency to shuffle lines a lot because he, 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 I, he's a very yeah, f- in-game feel type of coach. And I... I think it's 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 a it's a strategy that could absolutely work, but you already have Parisi bitching about it, mm-hmm. and you already have guys that have played together for a while, and and I get that you need to shake things up if things aren't going if one player is not playing as well night to night, but you gotta not only make some decisions about some lines and actually get some guys playing okay playing together consistently, <laughs> but you have to be able to have these conversations saying Eric. Yeah. Guess what? You're sucking ass right now. And you know what? You you got to get better. So until you get better, you're playing third line center. And if that means you got to play Yule Erickson Eck as your top line center, even though he's not going to oh, offer you much spicy. more. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> still, that is still, you're getting, you're giving Eck an opportunity yeah. and you're kicking stall in the butt. I just don't know if there's that, that accountability within the locker room with the players themselves outside of them going to the media and saying, that that's my fault. Like I got to be better. Okay. Yeah. We've yeah. heard this. We've heard this already. We've already gone down this road. We need to be better. Like we have this. We have the skill and the tail in the locker room. Good for you. Do something with it then. Why instead of wa- talking, why don't you try walking? I know it's been, and I'm gonna say this like 90 times on this podcast yeah, alone. It's okay. been two games. Yeah. I understand. But this is something I found out yesterday after the game, and it's rather alarming. So Eric Stahl has a if. You, I, this is Minnesota. This is not Vegas, so I'm pretty sure advanced statistics is a thing in this community. A it's a little bit. bit more of a thing, so, but less than you probably think. So, five on five, Corsi four. 
Mm-hmm. Horrendous. Horrendous. And he is on a line with one of the better playmaking wingers in hockey, Matt Zuccarello. Yeah. For that to be that low is astoundingly bad. Just think if Zuccarello wasn't here, even though it's good. I like that he's here. I don't like his contract. But yes, 100%. Who, Zucker? Zuccarello's. Oh, Z- oh, I thought you said Zucker. I'm no. like, oh. No, Zucker's contract, I have no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the con- the contract's yeah. not great. But f- for the short term, I do think that Zuccarello could make a very positive impact on this Absolutely. team in the short term. Absolutely. And right now, the fact that even Zuccarello, who drives play, who is great at creating mm-hmm. opportunities for other players, is unable to get Eric Stahl out of this rut. Right. Problem. It is a problem. Bit of a problem. And and his first season with the Wild, or his first couple, like he he was he was doing so well. And and he that first season when he came here, he outperformed so much. And that's why that contract he gets that extension exactly. because yeah. they they signed him to what his value was at that point after he finished up that rental you know period and with the Rangers. But ever since that season, and I saw I this totally last forgot season about that. Yeah, when I know, he was right? Isn't that weird? And I and and we saw this last season when we when I was when I was watching every single game is that he just has lost a step. If you can tell, like when if he's going from standing still or in a battle with the corner on a stop and a start, yeah. he just does not have the ability to get the foot speed back up. And in a league that emphasizes speed and skill and small area, he's kind of one of those guys that's you know a little bit past his time in terms of the way the game is played yeah and yep. he doesn't have the the abilities and skills to keep up with it and and to morph his game to be successful in this league or at least he hasn't figured it out yet and that's the problem with stall and that's the, that's the issue that a lot of the, the 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 people on this team have is that they have talent they they could absolutely fit in this league but for some reason when they put the pieces together as this squad the puzzle doesn't make sense like some of the pieces fit but it it's like two different puzzles you're like the pictures don't match up though even though it exactly. fits it doesn't yeah. make sense it doesn't look right eric saw had 52 points last season not like you know it doesn't like blow the roof off or anything like but no. that's good right that's good that's good and- this season, the fact that he has failed to register a single shot on goal at even strength. Right. Who else is on that line with him besides Parise? At so, least all right. For, so the uh, first the night. first game, it was Parise uh, and Zuccarello with Stahl. Yep. Second game, it was Donato and Zuccarello uh-huh. with Stahl. Who and got absolutely just shut down on a breakaway attempt in which he got the goalie to bite, and then he didn't yeah. take him the rest of the yep. way. Yep. Yes. I, I got to say, I like Donato. I'm a fan of Donato right now. Okay. I, th- I think he's. I think he could be a good player for the Wild. I think he could be too. But I. I also think, and I said this last year when I when when I was back home, these young guys. You, there has to be a bigger sample size more than the, like the eight weeks that they were up here. But for the guys that were doing positive things like Donato, and for guys like Fiala who were like kind of like, uh, what do we have here? Or Rask, same type of yeah. thing. <laughs> Like Victor you, Rask. there has to be some some a more elongated gaze at at what their games are. But the thing about Donato is, is that when they, we traded for him, everybody was really excited because he's like he just shoots the puck because that's how low the bar was set for that team. He just shoots the puck because yeah. they didn't shoot the puck. He shoots it from wherever, and sometimes that's great. But the thing is, is that he's not talented enough, at least right now, or not confident in his game enough in the other areas to help him get shots, not to just get shots from the outside, but to get quality scoring chances. He's They can't finish. Like, if you get a breakaway and you get the goalie to essentially bite, you have to take him all the way across the net and may, instead of just going, 
one stick handle over and then putting it into his glove. Yeah. Like you got him to go down and his weight was back and then you didn't take you all you had to do is six more inches. And that's that's up that's upstairs stuff. Zucker's that had is, a hard time. That is mental too. stuff. He, Zucker's yeah. had a couple breakaways right. here and he right. hasn't been able to And, he, and either, that's so. the thing and that's the thing with this team is that they get the opportunities, especially with Zucker, who's literally built for the the way the league is played right now. Yeah. He's he's perfect. And last year he missed a lot of nets, and that's the thing, is that he still had the same amount of shot attempts that, that he had the year before when he had his career year. He just wasn't missing nets. But if 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 you keep missing the net, shoot fucking lower. Shoot lower. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I want to circle back around because you mentioned Victor Rask, and I have to mention this. Oh, dear God. So, so, so Michael Russo of The Athletic, he on his uh, podcast, Straight from the Source, he had uh, uh, Bruce Boudreau. Yep. On the podcast with him, and they were doing it from Bruce 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 Boudreaux's basement. Yes, this is also something that I filled in with you about Ru- how. Yes, Russo is so goddamn good at his job. Well, there's insane. a lot of people that are good at their job that cover the Minnesota Wild, but Russo's he's he's, he's one of the best in the business. Sarah McClellan, she's yeah, fantastic Sarah McClellan's too. great. All Sarah. all of those people, I, I worked with them last year. They're all great people. They're yeah. all excellent at their jobs. But Russo, obviously, he is one of those guys that just. He's not a national guy, but he could be, and he's had the offers. He's turned them down, but he's one of the best in the business, and he has a, a unique relationship with this coach. And clearly, it's great for media, and it's great, and yeah, it's yeah. great for it's great for content purposes. Um, but yeah, I Michael, guess. buddy, if you're listening, hello, we appreciate you. Um, so basically, they were in Bruce Boudreaux's basement, Chilling. and uh, they were talking about you know the, the season, and yep. um, they were talking about you know back in the day some of the clutch goals that were scored by the Wild or whatever. And uh, you count him on he, one hand. He basically asked, he basically asked Boudreau, "Oh, well, you know, who do you, who do you think could score some of the goals this year?" And Boudreau said, "Oh, you know, maybe Fiala, maybe Donato. They'll mm-hmm. score some big goals. Maybe." Uh, uh, Russo says, "Victor Rask, maybe." And then Boudreau goes, "You know, Donato, Fiala." Yeah, <laughs> he completely. He, right. It's pretty obvious. And he's uh, not. A I'm fan. not a Victor Rask apologist yes, by any no. means, but like also, there's a reason why he's paid the money that he was, and he had a good season, and maybe that could be here, and maybe you give him a better chance instead of shitting on him right away. Yeah. And, and same with those young guys, but I'm saying that with Donato, with Fiala. We need to temper it down a little bit with those guys, and we need to raise other guys up. I just think that there's not only a fan hierarchy in the way that we treat players and the way we talk about them in terms of what we think they're potential. And this isn't anything new to this market or any sports market in general. But let's get realistic here. Let's honestly take a realistic look. And if we're tanking, this is where these this is where these expectations need to come down because then you let these guys play free. Then you let them see you let them fully have an evaluation of what their right. talent is and what they what their abilities are. Yeah. And when you have no expectations and you're just like, "Well, if you mess up, just go mess up because it doesn't matter." But maybe they they start making some plays that gives them more confidence that helps lead them down the a better road next season or going forward whatever else. That's my th- like that's what these young players need. Like right. they just need something to bring to bump that confidence a little bit. And that's really what I think is going on with Victor Rask. Like you yeah, look at it, you absolutely. he used to be a 40 plus people point player people for two discount years. the mental game so much or they just think it's very it's a it's a very simply solved problem or or something that you just deal with uh, with ease and that's not true at all there's we we talk about all the time on my podcast for here for the for the gold knights the nightcap podcast correct hockey is about momentum and the way you build up momentum is about having confidence in what you're doing on the ice and having confidence in yourself and when you don't have confidence it's gonna be real hard for you to generate any positive momentum so therefore it's gonna be really tough for you to have any sort of 
positive impact on the game and having good games in general. Yeah. I just, you want to see a player like Rask, especially considering the god-awful trade yeah, that that for what was. Yeah, for what they gave up. Yeah. Yes. You would like to see him, at the very least, being a serviceable yep. 4C. And if he's not... It was one shining moment with Paul Fenton. These are the decisions that the organization is going to have to live with. And maybe maybe after this season or midway through the season, if he's not going anywhere, maybe you try to find somebody else to trade for him or you cut him or you send him down. You're going to have to make some decisions that don't necessarily make sense on paper today, but maybe make more sense developmentally or off paper down the road. They need to take that into account. So the first line, we were just talking about the first line a little bit. Yep. How do you think you fix this first line? Because, all right, so they've tried a couple things. Well, it depends on who's, the, who's on the first line. Exactly. Well, yeah. well, you change a couple things. You've had Eric Stoller both games. Yep. You you mix it up a little bit with Parise going down to the third line. Yep. Do you think maybe one of the, you, you know, put one of the, I know they tried it with Donato, but do you think maybe trying a Jordan Greenway on the first line could be something that could yeah, be I, worth experimenting? I would, this is the problem, and this is the way I look at hockey, and everybody's like, there are right wing, and then there are centers, and there are left wings. Mm-hmm. When you're a forward, unless you're... You're all over the place. You're all over the place. And I get that there are some there are some wares that definitely cannot be centermen. They cannot be centermen. Mm-hmm. Patrick Kane. Yes. Like, the, just defensively, the liability and the responsibilities, there are t- way too many, or it just diminishes their their elite skill that you need on the other end too much that it doesn't make sense to move them. Luke Cunnan should be on the first line. Luke Cunnan, and I don't care if he's not the most talented player on this team. He's an energy guy. He's a future captain of this team. I don't care what anybody says. He plays the game the right way. There's a reason why he was brought to world championships at the end of last season and how Donato and Greenway were left off the roster. There were, And people will know what I'm talking about with, with, with the rumors and the things that were swirling around towards the end of last season. Put the guys out there that you want your fans to identify with. Put the guys out there that you want your – organization to emulate their mm. game he is the one to do that Spurgeon is one of those players Spurgeon to me is like he's the next actual captain he's the of corner, this team. yeah he's the really the cornerstone of yes this team, I think. and him him Dumba they're I gotta say the Minnesota's strength is a damn good strength to have on their blue line like yep. you want to have so many teams look at Winnipeg they I mean they lose Bufflin they lose uh, uh Truba and then you look at Minnesota they have Dumba, they have uh, Suter, they have Brodine, yep. they have, uh, who are we just talking about? Uh, Spurgeon. Spurgeon, like, yep. like they have, those are Brad f- Hunt, who's incredibly Brad underrated. Hunt. Incredibly Brad under- Hunt. I said this last year, I liked him when he came in, and everybody was like, oh, Brad Hunt's actually a good player. Yeah, no he was, shit. He was Watch like a play. cult hero well, yeah. in Vegas last season. Because you know what? He takes wristers for his sisters at the top he of the point, sure and, he, does. and he doesn't shoot it into the shin pads. And that, my friend, is a premium that... Definitely Ryan Suter. I mean, other defensemen on the wild should take a page out of his book from. I will never forget. So this is right. I think it, I don't think it was too far before the uh, trade deadline last season. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was. I don't even remember. But it was early in the season last Twas year. Twas a blur. And, and I remember it was the Golden Knights. This is when I was primarily covering the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, for those of you who don't know that. I And if you like the Golden Knights, the listen to the Nightcap yeah, podcast. Yeah, if you like the Golden Knights, listen to the Nightcap podcast. We're both on it. Uh, yes, both. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just different roles. This. Just us talking less about a different swearing. team. Um, yeah, le- much less swearing. We swear. Dumb, we haven't like, sworn that much yet. Yeah, no, not yet. We'll we're have very, to make we're, up. We're for being it later very on. well behaved. Yeah, that's just know that that's not going to be a uh, a thing, a yes. common thing. It's okay. Not swearing. We're going to be swearing a ton. So. We will swear. Um, so 
I think it was against the Canadians. And the Golden Knights power play, to my knowledge, had been kind of struggling a little bit at what? that time. What? You don't say. Just a little bit, which makes no sense. None. Now that Mark Stone's in Vegas, I feel, I feel like... Their power play is going to get right. much better. This but is before when Vegas was really strong. Yeah, like they yep. were, they did not have a great. I forgot start we were talking about Vegas for a second. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, Brad Hunt gets the puck and he kind of takes it. And you know what? It might not have even been on the power play. I can't even remember. All I remember is Brad Hunt goes down and he's being guarded by somebody and he just has he 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 stays patient. And he pretty much just causes the goalie to make the first move. Yep. And then he just roofs one past like a laser. Yep. And ever since that, I was like, my God, this guy's got some hidden, yeah. hidden talents Yeah, no, he, he has a definite, like, and plus, for lack of a better term, nose for the net, if that makes sense. One of the most fantastic human beings, possibly of all time. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And I, he's and a I, terrific. I didn't get the opportunity to talk with him or meet, meet with him, but from what I've heard, he's he is a stand-up just model Terrific. type of teammate yeah. and 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 still has we I I've heard several people in Las Vegas this year still talk about him and it wasn't oh, like yeah. and obviously he, Minnesota acquired him last year but it wasn't like he was getting heavy minutes in Las Vegas when no, he, he was here so that says a lot he was lot. in and out of the press box and that everything that says a lot yeah like he I, like so last year was my first year covering the Knights on the ground in Vegas yep. so I've been covering them since um uh when was it since their inaugural season yep and then last season was on the ground, first year. No one knew who I was. So I, I didn't talk a ton to Brad Hunt. Um, and, he just, was, and he came in what, what, way before the trade deadline anyways. It was yeah, like yeah, in, yeah. And it was like in November or something. Mm, but he just he would always go up to all the media people. I don't think he knew who I was yet. Right. So, but uh, he would go to all the media people. Hey, what's up, guys? How's your day going? And like, that says a day. lot. That says a lot. And, and obviously not everybody has our job. Like we're very fortunate to have yes. our jobs. And there, it's it's not that other guys don't do it or or that they're like f you like get get away from here. It's just that they're not going to go out of their way to offer stuff. And sometimes when you're a young journalist like ourselves, it can be really intimidating to go up and not not because we don't know what we're talking about, but just when it's Mark Stone we're or Brad Hunt. We know yeah, everything. We, we know everything, but <laughs> we we also don't want to be exposed as frauds because we all have severe like imposter syndrome. Fact. Yeah. Um. But. Brad Hunt doing that stuff to media members, the things that we've heard about him in Vegas even still, and it's been almost a year, mm-hmm. and obviously he made an impact on that on that wild squad last year enough so that they're giving him regular minutes this year, and that's he is a good person to have in the locker room and a good person to start a rebuild with. Yeah. I also just like him because I, I always have a thing for undersized players. Same. I always just hope that they yep. – just, Chip on the shoulder, people are my favorite yeah. type of people. I, that's that's exactly. the way I, that's I just, the way I classify myself. I love it when I see players like that to say, you know what, kiss my ass, yeah. and then they go out and they just yeah. You told me no, okay, yeah, I'll change it. It just just give me a minute, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I love Jared Spurgeon's one of those players. Jared like Spurgeon is absolutely yeah. one. Jason Zucker is one of those players. Yeah, Vegas native. Well, excuse excuse me. What he's from <laughs> not, Las Vegas. You not, don't say. Not not fr- so he's from California, but he moved to Vegas and he was like, I don't even. Trust me, people. Yeah. You do not need to go in the diatribe about Jason Zucker. He's people are obsessed with him. Oh, I can he's, tell, he's, man. He's a, he's a fan favorite, and and I said it last year. I'm like, the, I don't know why they're trying to trade him. I think it's dumb. Speaking I'm of glad which, he's still there. Let's talk about Jared Spurgeon. Or, sure. uh, excuse me, uh, Jason Zucker. Okay. And if. The Wild do, in fact, go through the whole let's tank. Let's tank. Option. Let's rebuild. What is? Where does he stand yeah. in the plan short-term and slash or long-term? Because in the, one of the main reasons I ask is because he is a noted play-driving winger. 
He's very good at taking at being on the right side of the puck, if you will. You know, right. And so much Bill so that Guerin, sometimes he's not great defensively. Bill Guerin has said he stated in I believe it was his uh, introductory press press conference he wants analytics to be part of how they yep. uh, evaluate players. Yep. And that being the case, you have to wonder if maybe a player like Zucker would be higher up on the list than people think, despite the fact that he was in some trade rumors last season. Higher up on what list? On the on the list of people to keep. You oh, know what I mean? I see. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So it makes you wonder, like, is he really, like, an option to be traded? Well, that's the thing is, like, where what exactly is this team's outlook? What are you trying to accomplish next season? What are you trying to accomplish this season after? Because he's in the second year of a five-year deal, I believe. So this rebuild is more than a season and a half, unless you get lucky like the Rangers did or like the Jets did when they were able to pick Patrick Line or the Rangers being with, with Capo Ocaco. Like, you, this is like a five-year thing. And so are you going to – want to keep him on the team and have that talent, which absolutely pays dividends, so that, that will help you in some ways, or do you sell on him in order to get pieces that will benefit you more down the road versus trying to basically support a ship that's already sinking? Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a whole... A lot rides on his production over these next few months, I yes. honestly believe. Yes. Because if he doesn't perform, if he's not scoring a lot in it early on... I could see them being like, all right, maybe this is the time to do it because he's he's good enough where he can produce, but he's not good enough where he would command that high of a price tag. Like, even for teams that are pretty close to the salary cap, like the Vegas Golden Knights, who may need tertiary scoring depth on their team. Mm-hmm. But if he if he goes out and starts lighting this place on fire and starts starts having a, a year reminiscent of, of his season a couple years yeah, ago, yeah. I think you 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 can't trade him because you have to have somebody here, and we were talking about this before the, we started the podcast. You have to have someone who gives this GD team hope, and and the fans not only hope for the future, but make them interested and semi excited for what they're seeing on the ice now. I'm glad you bring that up about the fans being You're excited. We are professionals <laughs> about the fans it's being. It's almost like we do this for a living. It's almost as if we do this all the time. I know. Pretty right? crazy, it's right? It's not like we recorded a podcast yesterday. No, at all. no, no. We obviously didn't do that. Certainly like who not. would? Who would think? Who that? would do that on a weekend? Just Millennials in the uh, broadcast. Exactly. Business, that too. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you just retweets. Um, but so you brought up how fans apathetic. Uh, yes. Yes. So the wild Minnesota Wild fan base is suffering. I've feel like that's a accurate yeah word. and ignorance isn't it, that's because we're not ignorant as a fan base and that's the thing is like you can see you can dissect from which all of these different angles in which this team is literally screwed mm-hmm. that's the problem like if you're dealing with a less educated fan base this is a much different story yes yes but so kudos to all of you listeners out there of for course being so smart it makes me wonder that and especially if they do have the type of season where it's a basically a rebuild um do you how 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 pressing and I do think it's pressing is it for the Wild to make a big splash move something that's going to get the fan base to care because right now there's no reason to how bad is their caffeine hangover right now how bad are they in need of a kick like something is what you're something 
something to invigorate mm-hmm. the fan base and make them be like, holy shit, like the Wild did that? Oh, right. man, I got to check this out. Right. See how, it, see how it turns out. Well, what we could do is that I'll give my answer, you give your answer, but we could also pose this question to the listeners, all the listeners that you have here on the Hockey Wilderness, and to to reach out to us and what they think as well, because I don't think it's a one-stop shop fix. Like, I don't think there's one move that could really get everybody back on board because everybody hate. I shouldn't say everybody hates this team. <laughs> I should say everybody is frustrated Sometimes with this team for different reasons with certain players. Like, everybody has their favorite players and everybody has their players that they don't like as much. And when things are going as poorly as they have been going for the last season and a half and, and, to, and to the start of this season, there are going to be different players that are receiving more blame from different types of fans. And so maybe we pose that question to them. But in terms of this season, of I just – you can't make a splash move because you don't have any space. And for you to get space, you have to right. you have to basically yeah. move Parisi. You have to move Parisi. And, and who's going to take that contract? Well, and apparently there were people, there were teams that were kicking the tires on him, but it's it's a last season. Oh, wow. But the question is, is is do you want to let him walk so you can make that move and probably not get much back in return? Or are you dead set on getting as close to equal value as possible when it comes to trading Parisi? Because that's a decision you have to make. Because if you're trying to make an equal value trade, that's going to limit your options incredibly to, to the point where there's probably not going to be a market for him. But if you're trying to you know, basically salvage him and salvage picks or something else. And you're just saying, hey, we really want to get the space is what we're here for. The space is what the trade is for, the cap space. Then it's a different type of thing. Then you can go and say, hey, I'll take Zach Parisi. We'll trade him for a one of your third line grinders and like yeah. a fifth rounder. Mm-hmm. Like if that's a deal you want to make and if that cap space or that player is that important to you, that's a decision you have to make. But that's the thing. And that's the problem with this team is that they haven't had a direction. We don't know what the t- temperature of the water is. Yeah, that's like, the problem. Craig Leopold and Bill Guerin. I know, Bill, now Bill Guerin's obviously new. Yep. Like, he's still in orientation. He's, exactly. So is so, Mike Madano too for that so fact. I, he hasn't been to, around for that long To me, I, I'm giving him a free pass this yeah. entire season. Yeah, 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 like yeah, the yeah. way that this whole thing, no, he didn't I even think have a Bill, whole offseason. I think Bill is going is going to get this team back on track. He'll, I think he's the but guy. You just don't, you don't, wanna, the you don't want the product so diseased that you're going to have to work 10 times as hard to get everybody back in the building once you do start becoming something that's worth witnessing again. The issue though, to me at least, is in this what else is Bill Guerin going to say? Like, nope, we're going to we're going to tank from the the goals to lose as many games right. as possible. It wouldn't. Like, he came wouldn't up before the season it. and he said we can win right now. Sure. Um, whether he, I mean, yeah, I'm sure he meant it. Sure. But Craig Leopold, Bill Guerin, <laughs> it, it's not impossible. Like but there's the percentage no is less than one percent. There's I'm no sorry. playoffs this year if you keep playing. If, no. if this is the uh, the result score. we're going to keep seeing. They're not scoring from their forwards. And Dubnik's out there embellishing saves, taking too many penalties. Shocking. That's something that's, I mean, I, I I think it's 10 in the first two games. Who's taking the most? Uh, that's a great question. Let's and what see. types of penalties are we talking about? Oh, here? none of them. None of them fighting majors or anything like that. Right. It's but there's slashing. a big thing. Di- it's, it's, is it because they're behind? Like is it because they're, they have to pull guys down because they're not skating hard? Like there's good penalties and there's bad penalties. Yes. yes. Like there's good hooking and bad hooking all in hockey and in life, I suppose as oh, well. Oh, obviously. Yeah. But 
that's where that's that's Love something to read into as well. It's like penalty minutes. Yeah, it could be one thing, but it's about the types of penalties because if there's a lot of tripping, a lot of hooking, a lot of interference penalties, that's usually because they are being reactive to the the team to the opposing team instead of being proactive. It's because they are a step behind. They're trying to make up for the fact that they are not playing well enough to keep up with this team. Right. I would um like I would almost rather them make like take those stupid boneheaded penalties like slashing after the whistle's blown. Yeah. Or like rough. Like, right. I would rather have that than just taking penalties because you're bad. Correct. Like, and that seems to be what's going on. And, uh, God, like, it just blows my mind because there's so many players on this team who I think really could be good. And just to start right. the season, it's just been such it's, a... It's it's like it's like a pot roast that is aggressively under-seasoned. It's a, it's a hockey. There's some good pieces That's in there. Like the, the carrots are good. Yeah. The, the Everything tastes fine. Like, it's food. You're not going to die from starvation. But at the end of the day, it could have been a lot better. And it right. could have been a lot more enjoyable. And that's why it's kind of this season, it'll be interesting to see, especially since the Twins are about to get beat out by the Yankees. The Vikings are looking yeah. less than stellar. How much... Kurt, Kurt Cousins. How much people buy into like the hate watching of this hockey team this year? Because mm. there is such a thing as fan thank interest. God. You know what? Thank and, God. Of hate watching. Thank God all the other teams are garbage this year. Because if the Vikings were like, you know, amazing this year again. Yeah. And if the Twins were just like, you know, killing the Yankees right, right. now. Who would be going to these wild games? Not many. No one wants to see Not this. Many. Not Nobody. many. Nobody. And it's just, oh my God. So we we are officially your hate watch the what Minnesota Wild this podcast is what you do for punishment. When you're feeling sad, you watch the Wild. It's oh my when god. You're feeling sad, you watch the Wild. That's that's what happens. <laughs> you know, that's what one does. Are you feeling like especially masochistic today? Because let me tell you, who the I wild have good are news. Tonight. The Wild are playing tonight. Yep, absolutely. So we've talked ad nauseum about the Wild and how frustrating their start yep, to the season. Nothing been. new. Let's get into because we obviously haven't had a chance to do this yeah. uh, until now because the podcast has been MIA for a little while. Yes, um, on sabbatical. So let's just you want to go just you know run down through the central division and just talk about how we feel yeah. uh, and what. Yeah, sure. You just right. give me a Let, team and, so, and we can run through it. Let's start. We've already talked about the wild. Yep. Let's start from the top down. Uh, excluding the wide because we are alphabetically about or by by standings. I'm just looking at the standings right now and right. we're two games in so they right. mean literally nothing. What do you um, mean? The season's over. Yeah, <laughs> season's over. Or it's Wild won. literally aren't going to win a game. Yeah, and the Golden Knights are going to win the cup. Colorado Avalanche. I think they're for real. Oh, uh, 11 year old Lindsey Brown is incredibly pumped. Incredibly pumped. Oh man. Yeah, we right. can talk we about have this. To talk about we this. have to talk so, about this. All right. Now. So Lindsey and I, both of us are credentialed. For the Vegas Golden Knights. I know. and We are cool. And <laughs> that we are. We are fun. So we're up in the press box to yep. see uh, uh, the Colorado Avalanche were in town. For the Pre- Golden Knights preseason, preseason game, game last preseason Wednesday. Game. Yep. And Sorry, we're talking about so much about the Golden Knights. Uh, well, also this, this is relevant to yes, the app. Yes, so, yes, yes, yes. Um, Lindsay, I don't know. Where, where, oh, let, me, let me tell my side first. Okay. So I'm walking down the hallway to get a snacky poo-poo from the... Uh, from the press box spread, which, by the way, Vegas Golden Knights press box spread, horrible. Awful. There's, like, potato chips, popcorn, and, like, that's it. Jelly Water. beans. Awful. Like, jelly beans. Jelly beans, but, but... I don't... Jelly... Keep, listeners aren't really going to feel bad for our selection for the free food up at the press box. But yeah, move it. Carry on. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah. Carry on. So, walking down the hallway, 
and there's no one in there except for me and one other person. Mm-hmm. The other person is walking directly towards me in the opposite mm-hmm. direction. Yes. That person just so happens to be none other, none other, excuse me, than Joe fucking Sackick. Who? Joe Sackick is coming right at me down the hallway, and I'm, I knew, that was my first sports apparel as a kid. Like, I, I had a Joe Sackick jersey yep. Yep. when I was a kid, and- yep. Here he comes walking down. I was too afraid. I couldn't look him in the eye. I oh, just, really? You didn't I look him in the eye? I couldn't do it. I was boo. so. I've never been Have that starstruck. Have some courage. That's, I've never been see, that starstruck. This is, this is why we bring me in. Normally, this I This is give, what the ladies do. Like, I walked past uh, Kyle Dubas one time. Yeah. No pro- He's like my age. Yeah. So I just. I, I, I if him, I see him, I could probably not pick him out of a lineup. I gave so him. I don't care about Kyle Dubas. <laughs> I gave like, him sorry. like a little head head nod. You walked into the situation that you have. Joe Sackick, I was mortified i was like oh my god i don't want to look like a dumbass so so what was your side what happened minutes later or earlier i'm not sure yeah yeah um i'm by the by the press box spread and just floating around seeing who's around trying to make eye just you know there's not a lot of ladies in the press box in general and a lot of in a Mm -hmm. lot of press boxes in general but there's not a ton in vegas either but as i'm floating around mind you the Avalanche were my team growing up because yeah. the Wild weren't a thing. They, the The North Stars left, obviously, and the Avalanche were my team because I was a goaltender. I still continue Patrick to be Wah. obsessed with Patrick Waugh and Marty Brodeur. Those right. are my teams, and that's why this season is a resurgence of my childhood with the Devils being back on the map and the Avalanche getting ready to take that next step. But as I was floating around in the press box, just by the jelly beans that I'm definitely not eating because jelly beans suck. They do suck. They do suck. They're awful. I turn and I make eye contact and instantly I'm like, oh. And I'm not a person that fangirls. I don't yeah, and I and either. I and I don't, I don't and yeah. I didn't fangirl either, but I was like, I made I made eye contact with Joe Sackick. Yeah. And NHL hits two thousand and three <laughs> is the greatest hockey game of all time yeah. on PS two. Precisely because you obviously had fights all the time, but if you scored a hat trick or if you had a hat trick with three one time one three one timers consecutively, your team would start on fire. And it was three on three, and my three <laughs> players yeah. were always Joe Sackick, Peter Forsberg, Rob Blake, and in that was Patrick Waugh. And when I made eye contact with him, I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" Eleven year old, no. Okay. Le- but but that's what I mean is like I usually if even if it's somebody that I know that I'm like a fan of or somebody that I respect, yeah. I, I'll be just like, hey, like whatever. I don't have a problem with that, for which is great for me. But it would have like, been diff- Joe It would have been different for me had I known that he wasn't the GM of the team. Right. Like, he's there for work. You know what Correct. I mean? I'm not trying to. Well, and we can't. That's yeah. that's against no, 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 that's no. like against what we do. Exactly. But it, w- Even it w- if he was for a, player, a hot gonna... second. Yeah. And then I turned to someone in the press box and and I was like, that's Joe. They're like, that's Joe Sackick. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you don't. You don't recognize. What? And I mean, Joe Sackick's not Wayne Gretzky, but he's Wayne Gretzky of the 90s. Oh, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. At, at least for they won a few cups, obviously. Yeah. And, and he's a legend. Like he used to have. A, they had to make a rule because he his stick curve was too crazy because it looked like a lacrosse stick. Like there, if you have ever seen a Joe Sackett curve, you know what I'm talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. All the young kids this would get actually, those because then you you couldn't raise the puck as well. But with Joe Sackett stick, you could. This is actually a great segue into yeah. the blue. Well, all right, real quick. Yeah. Do you think the abs are a real deal? Yes, the I think okay, they're the real deal. Uh, goaltending will be the 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 deciding factor. I think, in a stacked I think he's conference. I think he's up for the test. We'll really see. We'll see. Um, so this is a good segue. Speaking of weird uh, stick 
curves. Yes. Um, let's go to the Blues, even though I'm kind of going off. Oh, no, no, no. They were next in the standings. Um, weird stick curves. Ryan O'Reilly. Have you seen his stick curves? I have not. Bizarre. Why? So Flat? It's, it's the very, oh, wait, the last like inch of it is like complete. I don't even know how. He to, has a flared toe? Yeah. Okay. And yeah. It's, it looks like a fish hook. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. I've yeah, no, like that. it makes that makes sense. It's when you're going for like scooper or you're looking to do a lot of sauce and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. He he's not exactly like a finesse scorer. He's just like I do everything really well, and mm-hmm. I'm just going to beat you with my pure will and talent of just being bigger and better and faster mm-hmm. than you. Um, the Blues. I know that. All right, so I know I last season was kind of crazy because like, it was an anomaly. It was a Cinderella story, yes. without a doubt. Where's the first? I still think Jordan Biddington is for real. I think so too. And and you have to believe that he is until he's until he plays otherwise because yeah. he won a cup. He did. And he let in that game 7 he's game. He's the reason they won the cup. And and, and the puppy he didn't they play got. Well, Let's well, not forget. He, they got the puppy, the Blues turn around. Okay, enough with the puppies. Like <laughs> he didn't play incredibly well that entire Stanley Cup final series, but that game 7 when the chips were down. The reason he why they won is him. Made some saves yes, that are just like you No business making. No business saves. making them and part of it's luck. But part of it's the way that he plays and the confidence that he has mm-hmm. in himself. And you have to, it's, they're the champs. They won. They got the rings. They got the banner. Until they prove that they're bad, they're good. So yep. you have to assume that. How crazy must life be for uh, uh, Craig Berube? I know, to right? To go from being literally and taking over as interim coach, wins yeah. the cup. Well, that's happened to a few coaches these last few years. Like it happened to the with the with the Pens coach Johnston. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, Johnston. Then uh, Sullivan comes. Sullivan in. had the same yeah. thing where he came in midseason, ended up winning the cup and and doing that. And I believe Daryl Sutter did that with the LA Kings initially as well. So it's it's not unheard of. And it's that's the thing is like sometimes you just need that shot of adrenaline into your team or just like a little bit different of a look that. Your puzzle, it all fits together, but it's about getting the pictures to fit, too. To me, it comes down to Colorado and St. Louis. Who as, else we got? As the division. Chicago. Uh, do, you, do you see them contending for the division title? I don't, but I, a lot of other people do. A lot of other people the, are predicting a lot more of a, a competitive season from them than we've seen the last couple seasons. I've been hearing that, and I don't think it's a coincidence that the people who are who I'm hearing that from are also uh, Chicago Blackhawks Shocking. fans. So yeah, um, again, I, goaltending, Corey Crawford's health, and 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 they just did relative. Not look- no, they Amazing don't look good. in that first game in uh, in Prague. And like I said about the Blues, same thing could be said about the Black Blackhawks. They have pieces, but the last two years they've been absolute just crap. So yeah. until they prove otherwise, they still crap. I do think they have some good pieces there, but I'm not ready. I'm going to put them at wild card spot at best. Yes, if, maybe if the, something maybe be if they get a surge. Yeah, it, a lot of things have to happen, but it's going to be hard for them to generate yeah. that by themselves. They could be better. They, they just have such a young coach, and I know the team is still. It's I just Good don't think coach at that. He's a handsome man. He's I a handsome say. man. Um, I just don't. I'm not ready to say to make them a lock for the playoffs quite yet. So, no. Nope. Uh, Chicago. Nashville. We talked a little bit about Nashville earlier. I don't think they're going to be good, personally. I, I think they still got it. Okay. Well, that will be one that we will agree to disagree, and yeah. we'll have to see how it shakes I, out. I think the Duchesne signing is huge. I think it is, but I also don't think Matt Duchesne is the stir as a stirrer of the drink. Well, that's why he's the second two seed. I know, but you're paying him, and you went out to get him because you want him to be the stir. Matt Duchesne is a name. That that team they let go of PK Subban. Obviously, they still have some good pieces. They have plenty of that. But Matt Duchesne to me just doesn't scream lead guy to me. 
and maybe they have enough pieces around him that he doesn't have to be that lead guy. See, that's my thing. But it's about the expectations that the team holds him to and the expectations that he holds himself to. Is Does he think right. he's supposed to be that guy? Because that's the problem with Matt Duchesne is that he has all the talent. He has every tool that you would need to be an absolute superstar in this league. But he hasn't when he was younger. He obviously wasn't mature enough. And now there's a certain narrative. There's a certain level of confidence. He's been on, what, two or three teams in the last mm, season and a half or so? Mm-hmm. Like, you, that affects players. That affects on how they view themselves and that affects how they play. Everything is confidence and, and where you are with yourself and your play. Right. And I just don't know if he is mentally strong enough to turn into the face of that franchise because it seems like they're trying to make him that. Listen, he's a country boy. Yeah, he loves that country. Music. Good for him. He's a national. Oh, you go do your karaoke. He's gonna have do. Fun. He's gonna <laughs> he's, go wear your flannel. I just imagine him every night going out to karaoke with his guitar. Yep, and it's singing the hockey Matt, song. Matt Duchesne. and I was I was saying last year the Wild should should have considered trading for him because I'm like any any goal scoring is better than what the goal scoring that they have, but. In Nashville, on other teams where they have goal scoring, where they have good players, I just don't know if he's that much better of a player or a player that helps raise everybody else's game up to another level. Yep, yeah. Winnipeg! Yikes. <laughs> not right. So, all right, so this is actually kind of fun. So, I was watching the Winnipeg, um, well, not watching, but I was, like, following the yeah, Winnipeg, yeah, yeah. Uh, New Jersey game. On in the background. And <laughs> I tweet out, this, of course, the second I tweet this out, everything changes. I'm like, man. I knew Winnipeg was going to be bad this year, but I was expecting because they were down what four nothing. Yeah, they yeah. were down four nothing. I think it was right after Coleman just scored that amazing one handed goal, and um, I was like, man, I knew they weren't going to be good this year, but I wasn't expecting them to be this bad. And then they come storming back, right? Five four. They have pieces. They, yeah. Blake Wheeler is still a very good hockey player in this league. Mark Scheifele is a great player. I know Line A had a down year last year, but his down year was still. Thirty goals, right? And like, you need to give him longer, and you can't hold him to the same expectations and levels of maturity of expectations of re- regarding everything to that that you're holding Blake Wheeler and Mark. Scheib- they're right. both different. That's the problem I think that they have with Line, and that's the problem in general with this kind of sudden surge in the league where the restricted free agents are demanding the big contracts. Because with those big contracts comes big expectations. And that's not just on the ice. It's off the ice. Austin Matthews is obviously running into a lot of hot water off mm. the ice. Patrick, and I'm not comparing Patrick Liney to Austin no, Matthews no, 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 in no. any way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah. But there is something to be said about how you view these players when they get off such to hot starts with such a limited sample size. Just leave them alone. Let him do what he He'll does, where he sits at the top of the at the top of the circle on the left side on the power play and rips wrist shots to the bar down far side. Oh, Let him do yeah. it. Let him do what he want. Let him do what he does best, and have the other guys that you're paying, like Blake Wheeler, who's never been the most skilled player, but it definitely has one of the biggest hearts on the ice, and has obviously been a great player for for the for the Winnipeg Jets. Put the pressure on them because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are steering this ship. It's not Patrick Line's team, so stop acting like it. I don't hate their forward groups. I don't. Their defense is awful. And I don't, and I don't know about their goalies. They have the French yeah. kid, and then they're H- Helen Hellebuck. Hellebuck was, uh, yeah, it's Brochois. He was a Vesna candidate two years ago, just a couple years ago. Yep. He looked awesome. Yep, in the uh, in in Vegas's goal in in Vegas's first season when they made the run of the Stanley Cup final, that was the Jets' year to win yep. the cup. Yes. That was their yes, year. Yes, I agree. I absolutely agree. I thought that was I. Yep. Going into that series, I was like, man, yep. nights are done. And they didn't look the same last year, and yep. they sure as hell don't look the same this year. And more and more importantly, everybody that was on that team that was really good is a year older, and it's not like when they started that they were 24. Mm. So 
I think uh, the Jets are a candidate to be in the cellar. Of the Absolutely. Which, honestly, would serve them well to get into another high draft pick position. That's how they especially got Patrick Laine. Especially in a draft like this year yep. where it's loaded. That's you literally how you succeed in this league. I Alexa, don't understand why more yeah. people, more, why more GMs are like, two, three years, okay, if nothing's working, let's suck for one year and get one player yeah. and see how it goes. Because like that's literally year, what happened to the Jets. This draft year, you got Alexi Lafreniere, Quentin Byfield. Yeah, you I got don't know Cole, any of the prospects. Cole Perfetti. Oh, my God, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, there's, I, they're going to be huge. I will save my half-assed, not caring research into prospects <laughs> until at least the new calendar year. It's 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 fun. It'll sure. be, it's going to be we'll a fun see. draft. Nobody knows who any of these kids are, let's be honest. Dallas Stars. Yikes. I think, I think they are... Uh, Dark horse. Yeah, I mean... So I know they've lost both of their first two games. They have zero points, but man. When you had Joe Pavelski as, a, as an add-on piece, yeah. and granted, remember last year, their president of their team called the media up to his office while they were practicing, that being the Dallas Stars, and ripped them to shreds and said how bad they were. Yeah. And then they still made the playoffs and looked like a good team. They just... They haven't been able to get they over that. They almost beat the Blues. They almost beat the Blues. And Ben Bishop needs to play at that level consistently, but they need to manage him so he doesn't get too tired because he he's a big guy. When you have a big guy like that, when they're really tall like he is, it's a lot easier for those guys to get worn down physically and mentally in turn. I I like the Stars. I do too. I, I think they're a dark horse in yeah, this division. And I know they lost the first two games, but like they oh man, you just you have Klingberg. You have uh, Heiskanen, who is going to be a star. Not to I mention, know he's going to be a star. casually, Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, and now... Or, Pavelski. Pavelski. You got Pavs. Who Captain America. clearly, the Sharks are missing big time. Yes. Big time. And I just wonder, man, like, really it all does come down to the play of Ben Bishop? Yep. I think... I. I, I'm not Are you really saying concerned. that goal, good goaltending is a trend in this league? Is that what we're is that what we're coming down to? Pretty crazy. Interesting. Right? Weird, are, weird yeah. pattern of conversation it's, we just it's, had. It's weird how that works. Um, yeah, I, I think the star. I think they're. I think they take that third. I uh, think so spot. too. Yeah. I think that they're at least like a top wild card team, if not one of those top three teams in the division Ru- where they get an advantage. Rupe hints. For the longest time, I thought his first name was Rope. I like rope better. Rope. Rope. Rope them in. And yeah, I guess that pretty much does it for the Central. Well, is that it? Is, that all, is we, that all the Central Division teams? Is it yeah. really? I mean, we could count the Coyotes because they'll be in the Central in a couple yeah, years. Yeah, not, not but yet. No. You know what? I can tell you what right now. That's not going to be a good look for some of the Central Division teams the way the Coyotes Coyotes are, look. I think they're, they're, they're on their way to being too, good. For yeah. me too in the, in the Pacific, in a stacked Pacific at that. Yeah, they're on their way. I think yeah. They'll get there at some point, but... Folks, I think that is just about all the time we have on the really, I shouldn't say very first Hockey Wilderness podcast, but the the first, the new, the the first episode of the new Hockey Wilderness podcast. Uh, This is Ryan Quigley uh, leaving you. Uh, Go ahead. Give me a follow on Twitter at RP underscore Quigs. Lindsey Brown also joining me today. Follow her at Lindsey Brown 35 and Logan Stark. She could not join us because she might actually be dying. Logan, um, don't die. Try not to die for us, Logan. That would be an ideal thing if you stayed alive. So yes. um, go ahead. Uh, make sure to just follow all of it. We, we got a lot of fun stuff uh, planned for uh, the future of Hockey Wilderness here. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, that's just about it. And uh, we will see you next time. See you later, everybody.